The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
starting. And welcome to everyone with us, both in this space and on live stream this morning. I am Laura Shenham, Minister of Congregational Life here at UUSF. And I'm joined on the chancel by our wonderful worship associate, Daniel Jackaway. And we're switching places today in so many different ways. So you will hear our story from our senior minister, Reverend Vanessa Rush Southern, and she will be in our classrooms. And I will be joining you here in worship this morning. And shortly, we will be joined by the Gupta family who will light our chalice today. Thank you to our musicians, our music director, Mark Sumner, our phenomenal choir, our organist, Rako Lane, who leads our fantastic bell choir, who we will hear from later today, and Bill Kinglehofer, blowing the shofar for us this morning, and our guest musician, who is premiering a new piece, Jessica Margolone. We are grateful for our tech team, led by our Director of Communication, Jonathan Silk, who will also be on drums this morning. And our ushers are led by Linda Messner and to Carrie Steer Salazar for providing our flowers today. It takes a village to let this church grow and shine on a Sunday morning. We hope all of you here or on live stream have an order of service so you can follow along in worship. Santana McBride is hosting our online chat and available to answer any questions for those live streaming. Thank you, Santana. Today marks the Jewish high holiday of Yom Kippur, a day of atonement. By observing the Jewish faiths, as well as other faith traditions struggle with the concept of forgiveness, I have been called to set aside time for us as Unitarian Universalists to wrestle with the concept of forgiveness through our own sense of ritual and reflection. This is our task before us today, to reflect on forgiveness and ritualize, if you so choose, the process of forgiving. Welcome. Now we're joined by the Gupta family, Jay, Kinley, and Anakin to light our chalice and lead us in our chalice lighting words. If you are online, you are welcome to light your own chalice at this time. Uh, good morning. We light our chalice, a symbol of Unitarian Universalism, calling into this space all of us who are part of this community, near or far, wherever this hour finds you, know you are with us too. For those of you at home, feel free to light your own candle or chalice if you have one. Now will you say with me the words of our chalice lighting that are printed in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. If you could stand now for our opening hymn, it's around, which means the pressure's on all of us <laughs> to make it work. Um, I've invited four people up to help divide the round into four different groups, but let's sing it through all together once and then break off as you see fit into uh, harmonizing in a round.
morning. My name is Jonah Berquist, uh, and I'm the moderator of your Board of Trustees. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the board, come find me or any of the other board members. Uh, you can tell by our name tags. If this is your first time joining us uh, in person or watching, uh, thanks for joining us. If you'd like to receive a copy of our weekly email newsletter, which includes a link to the order of service and Sunday live stream, uh, you can fill out one of the connections forms. Those forms are on the welcome table outside the sanctuary, perhaps in a pew in front of you, and uh, available through a link in the uh, order of service or video description of today's service. Uh, the order of service lists upcoming events and links to opportunities to connect. Please engage in any or all that are of interest to you. Uh, I want to call your attention especially uh, to a few of them. Next week, after service at 1 p.m., will be a free concert, an extravaganza of musical joy, offered by three musicians, two of whom are connected to this community, the daughter of Ruth and Bruce Cowan, Elena McIntyre, and her husband, uh, Christian Artman, along with their good friend, Laszlo Gardoni, uh, award-winning jazz composer and performer and professor at the Berklee School of Music in Boston, will be performing a short program of flute, piano, and vocals. This is their gift to the congregation, so please come and invite friends. It should be gorgeous. Uh, donations will be taken to fund our winter shelter expenses, so uh, invite your friends and plan to come. This morning, uh, we will have a special offering that will go to support Home Match. Home Match is a free service that supports mostly older adults with a room to rent in their home or apartment or an ADU art in their property through the process of connecting and living with a community member seeking affordable housing. Home providers receive the economic benefits of increased rent and the social benefits of companionship and in some cases task exchange while home seekers receive increased access to affordable housing. Thank you in advance for your generosity. Uh, also today after service, please join us for a short congregational, special congregational meeting. Uh, there's just two items on the agenda. Uh, first, we're voting to fill a vacancy on our board of trustees uh, in accordance with our bylaws. We have one seat open and uh, the nominating committee has uh, nominated Diane Allen to fill the seat. So. Hooray, thank you, Diane. I saw you earlier. There's Diane. Um, and then we'll be uh, voting to approve the uh, affiliated community, community ministry of uh, Reverend Shannon Fong. Uh, and if you'd like to hear a bit more about Shannon, there's Shannon. Um, Shannon will be there to let us know a little bit more. Um, also, even if you're not going to the meeting, please don't linger too long in the courtyard. Uh, today, we're hosting Or Shalom. We need to be clear out of there by one. It's high holy days, uh, and they have, they have the space. So come to the meeting. We need a quorum. And also, if you're not coming, know that you still got to get out of the courtyard. Um, and then I'd like to call up Julia Wald for a special auction announcement. Hello, as you can guess, I'm Julia Wall talking about the auction. <laughs> so if you want to build community and raise money for this wonderful 
church, what do you do? You hold an auction, and we are. And who knows the date? You all know the date. October 15th, after the service, that's a Sunday. Come now. We're going to have a luau, which is a wonderful feast um, in the tradition of the Hawaiian um, islands, and it's being kind of engineered, oh no, cooked, by Lori Lai and a whole group of other people. It's going to be delicious, but here's the thing. We want there to be enough food for everyone, so that means you need to buy a ticket so we know you're coming. Easy to buy a ticket, go online, go to the table out there. Now, not only are we going to eat, but we're going to buy things that people have donated. And the good news is the sale has already started. You can go online and start bidding. You don't want to wait till the last, well, maybe you do want to wait till the last minute and get the top bid in, but it'd be good if you started bidding now. There are wonderful things. And on the 15th, there's also a live auction. So you want to come and get to bid on wonderful events and just come on out. Look forward to seeing you. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. I bought my tickets, so I'm going. Uh, you know, it's always, always a fun time. Um, I have a, a second group for special announcements. Uh, Isabel Murray and uh, Callum Sanchez, uh, please come on up. Good morning. My name is Isabel, and I'm a high school student in the youth program at the church. Good morning. My name is Callum, and I am a middle school student at the youth program at the church. Last week, the middle and high school classes created blessing bags. Um, the bags in them have basic items to help anyone who might need a little extra boost throughout their day. We created cards with caring, hopeful messages. We put in socks, chapstick, toothbrushes, toothpaste, snacks, water, and other items. So far, we've only made 20 bags, but they will be available at the welcome table, and you are invited to take one for when you might encounter someone who might need a little extra love. If these become useful and we, you find we need more, then let Reverend Rohr know, and we will make more. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I believe that's everything that uh, I wanted to call to your attention. Um, so now, uh, in person and online, we'll take a, a few moments to greet one another. If you're online, there's a, a, a chat next to the live stream. Please, you know, put a little message in there. Say hi to folks. Uh, and if you're in person, all, all of us around, say hello.
Here's our story for today. You'll see illustrations on that side of the chancel so you can follow along visually. It's the big bad wolf's Yom Kippur. It was just a regular morning for the big bad wolf. Time to get ready for a day full of bad. He heard a knock at the door. Perhaps it was grandmother? He can cross one thing off his list while having her for breakfast. Oh, but it was raccoon. Wolf, I'm sorry for rummaging through your garbage. Uh, I don't want my garbage anyway, Wolf grumbled. What's gotten into you? It's Yom Kippur, so I'm asking for forgiveness, Raccoon said. I'm also going to synagogue. Why don't you join me? Wolf slammed the door. Then he thought seeing all his neighbors in one place wasn't a terrible idea. It would be like a lunch buffet for a big hungry wolf. At the synagogue, everyone was surprised to see Wolf and a bit nervous. But Rabbi Dove gave him a big bear hug. Shana Tova, Wolf. What a joy to see you here. Oh, this hug feels cozy, thought Wolf. Then he remembered a big bad wolf doesn't like hugs. Cantor Zipporah led the animals in song, her chirps floating in the air like butterflies. Wolf almost half howled along, but then he remembered, a big bad wolf doesn't sing. Rabbi Dove talked about how the leaves change color each fall and how everyone in the forest could also become a little bit better and brighter. Then he remembered, or he asked himself, wrapped up in that peaceful moment. The wolf asked himself, could I become better and brighter? And then he remembered, a big bad wolf doesn't change, so after services, he walked through the forest toward home alone, as always. Then he saw a girl in a red riding hood. Where are you off to, little girl? My granny isn't feeling well, so I'm bringing her an apple cake, Little Red Riding Hood said, but I can't find her cottage. Wolf could snatch the yummy treat and run. Even better, he could race ahead and devour the helpless granny. His eyes widened. He licked his lips. Oh my, what big teeth you have, Little Red Riding Hood said. The wolf grabbed the apple cake, but before he could woof it down, it slipped from his paws. Oh no, said Little Red Riding Hood. He noticed the way her red hood matched the autumn leaves. Wolf felt his belly twist and turn, and it wasn't from hunger. He almost said, sorry, but he knew a big bad wolf does not say sorry. I know the cottage, he said instead. I'll take you there. At the cottage, Granny gave Little Red Riding Hood a kiss. Mamala, you brought Wolf. How nice to have another guest. And then Grandma wrapped him in a hug as tight as apple strudel. 
That reminded the wolf of the warm apple cake he dropped. We'll make you something to eat, he said. Oh, I don't eat on Yom Kippur, Granny said. I'm fasting. If you're sick, you have to eat, insisted Little Red Riding Hood, even on Yom Kippur. Wolf and Little Red Riding Hood served Granny from a steaming pot of soup. And while she ate, Wolf's tummy growled, but he wanted to leave every drop for the sick Granny. Come back any time, she said. Wolf felt a strange warmth in his chest and a funny beat in his heart. On his way home, Wolf noticed three houses, one of straw, one of sticks, and one of brick. He saw also a potential three-course meal. His mouth began to water. The sunlight glinted off his sharp white teeth. He may have been a big bad wolf, but he was a careful brusher. The plump, juicy owners raced inside and slammed their doors. Just then, the wind blew, and a flurry of leaves were carried into the air around the straw house, and its walls began to sway. Little pig, little pig, let me come in, called the wolf. Not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin, the little pig yelled. I'm just worried about your house, said the wolf. It will blow over in the lightest storm. And he showed her, Wolf huffed and puffed, and the stray house rocked back and forth. And then he told Little Pig how to pack the straw into tight bales to make the house sturdier. Oh, now let's see about that stick house, Wolf said. And he huffed and puffed, and the house began to sway. You should use thicker wood, Wolf recommended. When he huffed and puffed at the brick house, it didn't sway one inch. That house would be just fine. Thank you for all your help, squeaked the three little pigs. Wolf felt his heart beating in that funny way again. I need to see a doctor, he said. <laughs> After he walked home, his belly howled as if it were a full moon. The rabbi got it all wrong, he thought. A wolf couldn't change, not a wolf. He was alone, thinking about food, as always. A shofar blasted in the distance. Yom Kippur was over. Shana Tova, squealed the three little pigs. You are such a great helper. And a cooking partner, said Little Red Riding Hood, who was standing right there. I'm sorry for slamming the door on you, raccoon, and for taking your apple cake, Little Red Riding Hood, and for scaring you, little piggies. We forgive you, my friend, said raccoon. Helper, partner, friend. Thinking about those words made Wolf's heart flutter and his chest get warm again. But this time, he didn't mind it at all. He knew this was exactly how a big, good wolf should feel on Yom Kippur. 
Now is the time in our service when we say words that bring us together in community. Please join me in the unison covenant. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to speak the truth in freedom, and to help one another. The first Unitarian Universalist principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person, has always appealed to me. But because I grew up UU, my understanding started shallow. I think if you asked me what it meant in sixth grade, I would have said, don't hate people because everyone matters. That's a good start. But as I grew up, and also became more aware of UU-rooted activism, I realized that the first principle gets harder than just not being prejudiced or even affirming the worth of people who have done me mundane wrongs. The first principle affirms the worth and dignity of people who have committed grave wrongs, of people who themselves live in complete opposition to UU principles, everyone. It does not preclude us from demanding accountability or setting boundaries, but it does ask us to remember that murderers and racists are in fact people who deserve empathy and rights. This relates to the fact that many UUs reject the death penalty in all cases and that the Unitarian Universalist Church of the Larger Fellowship ministers to thousands of incarcerated people by mail. Internalizing this harder version of the first principle was a challenge for me. So much of our society's discourse encourages us not to see the humanity of anyone who we have labeled as bad whether due to horrific and illegal acts or because they have opposing political views that we view as harmful. As a young adult, I learned about the concept of restorative justice, that our system of incarceration in this country is so horrific 
dehumanizing and counterproductive that even some people who have suffered crushing loss from crime have sought an alternative to just locking up the perpetrator. This felt like another incarnation of that first principle. This unfortunately became more real for me a few years ago. About a month and a half into the first COVID lockdowns in early 2020, someone I knew, Courtney Brousseau, died. He was walking home in the mission and through terrible luck found himself in the middle of a drive-by shooting. This really impacted me, especially because everything was already so dark and hard back in May 2020. The fear was also amplified by the fact that I had walked on that block hundreds of times before, so it really could have been me. As I processed this tragedy, I was furious that America has done nothing about our gun problem. I struggled to make sense of the irony that someone I met through public transit activism was shot from a car. But years grappling with the abstract ideas of the first principle and criminal justice reform prepared me not to get sucked into feelings of anger and vengeance towards the perpetrators. Instead, I found myself lucky, uh, reflecting on how lucky I am not to even be able to imagine the life that leads one to gang violence. While I knew that my friends could only be bystanders, the perpetrators and their loved ones have likely been targets of similar shootings. I don't want Courtney killer, Courtney's killers locked up. I just want them to find their way to a life where they don't have to hurt people to get by. I'm definitely not perfect at accessing this empathy and grace. There are lots of people who I honestly struggle to see the full humanity of, like hateful politicians. And I'm sure that my feelings would be more complicated if I had lost someone very close to me. I had only met Courtney maybe a handful of times. But while it still makes me sad to think about Courtney, I do think that not harboring hate or a desire for revenge has helped me to move on and, for the most part, forget about the loss. I'd like to invite you into our responsive reading in the back of your gray hymnal, number 637, A Litany of Atonement. I will read the regular print, and I invite you to speak the italicized. For remaining silent, when a single voice would have made a difference. We and each other. We begin again in love. For each time that our fears have made us rigid and inaccessible, ourselves and each other, begin again in love. For each time that we have struck out in anger without just cause, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For each time that our greed has blinded us to the needs of others, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again 
in love. For the selfishness which sets us apart and alone, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For falling short of the admonitions of the Spirit, we forgive ourselves and each other. Begin again in love. For losing sight of our unity, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For those and for so many acts, both evident and subtle, which have fueled the illusion of separateness, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For our offertory music today, we have a world premiere of a piece of music commissioned by our choir for this, our annual observance of the High Holy Days service. Our music director asserts that it is a most welcome and needed addition to our repertoire, and the choir is forever grateful to the care and intellect that has gone into this creation. It is particularly exciting, he adds, to have a former choir participant as the composer and to have her here today to see it through its first performance. Welcome and a big thank you to the composer of this music, Jessica Margolin. Would you please identify yourself? With that being said, the offering, which as a reminder benefits Home Match for matching people with empty rooms to people who need rooms, will now be given and gratefully received.
Because the stone you were asked to select is key to this morning's sermon and ritual, if you did not pick up a stone, please raise your hand so we can get you one. Okay. And are the ushers back there to bring the stones forward? <laughs> okay, raise your hands high if you did not get a stone. If you're at home, run outside and grab one really quick. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Julia. And then I think there's just a couple over here. So set them aside for just a few minutes. I need to preach a little bit, and then we'll get to the ritual, okay? <laughs> Reverend Leslie Takahashi writes, we return again and again to the season of forgiveness. And each time we come, we come bearing gifts. A grudge to relinquish, a hatred to extinguish, a hope that has bloated and distorted, a glancing word that has wounded. Each time we walk the road toward forgiveness, we mutter, we have been here before. When will we remember that forgiveness is not so much an act as an attitude, not so much a duty, as a love we give ourselves as part of the ever-unfolding new beginning. Not so much an act as an attitude. Yom Kippur is a time of year Jewish people look for reconciliation between each other and with God. Ten days before Yom Kippur, it is custom in Jewish tradition to look back over the past year and make amends with those, of, with those you have offended by seeking forgiveness. Yom Kippur itself is the day to seek forgiveness from God for any vows that may have been broken. By admitting your wrongs and taking responsibility for them, by making amends, you are brought closer to God. In our story today, the big bad wolf felt the struggle, constantly telling himself he couldn't change, and yet he found change by changing his attitude and how he encountered others, by no longer seeing his community and his neighbors as food. He helped where he could and saw them as community. 
It is humbling to come face to face with our own imperfections, our own humanity. It is even more humbling to admit those imperfections to another and ask them for forgiveness. Our struggle comes when we truly believe we can't change and someone else can't change. This is how we start to hold on to burdens of anger, resentment, hatred, or hurt. The bitterness stays with us and it festers, creating its, our, it's creating its own wound in our soul. We heard this struggle in Daniel's reflection a little bit this morning. Thank you, Daniel. Oftentimes, we would rather ignore and forget where there has been harm, where we have been vulnerable. We would like to hold on to those grudges together against another because it makes us feel justified. Justified. In Forgive for Good, a proven prescription for health and happiness, psychologist Fred Luskin writes, in careful scientific studies, forgiveness training has been shown to reduce depression, increase hopefulness, decrease anger, improve spiritual connection, and increase emotional confidence. Luskin continues, quote, hanging on to anger and resentment, living in a constant state of stress can damage the heart as well as the soul. In fact, research has shown that failure to forgive may be a risk for heart disease, high blood pressure, and a score of other chronic stress-related illnesses. Medical and psychological studies have shown that a person holding on to anger and resentment is at an increased risk for anxiety, depression, and insomnia and is more likely to suffer from high blood pressure, ulcers, migraines, backaches, heartache, heart attack, and even cancer. The reverse is also true. Genuine forgiveness can transform these ailments. In other words, we may feel justified, but we are not healthy." End quote. Forgiveness offers us a chance to help for us to let go and start to heal. Forgiveness allows us to let go of the power another has over us. Forgiveness opens us up to transformation and healthier living. I want to be clear, very clear here. I'm talking about the internal process of letting go, the one that drags us down drags down our soul, burdens our heart, and eats at our spirit. I am not talking about reconciliation. Reconciliation is the reparation of relationship between a person harmed and the person who harmed. This is done through mutual agreement of the parties harmed. And sometimes it is not able to happen, and sometimes it's not safe to happen. You can forgive without reconciling. Those observing Yom Kippur in the period of the Jewish high holidays think of forgiveness as a time of atonement, a time to reflect on and understand where they need to repair relationship. They take an accounting of their imperfections and where they have harmed. I would offer there are times in our own lives 
We are meant to offer forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Or we are meant to ask for forgiveness for those from those who have wronged, who, let me circle back around. Or we are meant to ask for forgiveness from those who we have wronged. And sometimes, sometimes, we need to offer forgiveness to ourselves for actions we've taken that we have harmed ourselves. In the book of Forgiving the Fourfold Path of Healing Ourselves and Our World, Archbishop Desmond Tutu and his daughter Mumpha Tutu, they remind us of the following. When we forgive, we take back control of our fate and our feelings. We become our own liberators. We don't forgive to help the other person. We don't forgive for others. We forgive for ourselves. Forgiveness is the best form of self-interest. This is both spiritually and scientifically. The reasons for forgiving ourselves are the same as for forgiving others. It is how we become free of the past. It is how we heal and grow. It is how we make meaning of our suffering, restore our self-esteem, and tell a new story of who we are. If forgiving others leads to an external peace, Forgiving ourselves leads to an internal peace. So those rocks, those stones, I ask you to put them in your hands, if you don't have it in your hand already. And just start to feel the stone. You might be attracted to the places where it's smooth and gentle. But I invite you to look for the places where it might be just a little more jagged and sharp. Feel the pits and the cracks that may be easy to miss with the naked eye. Feel its balance or lack of balance, its weight in your hand. Thich Nhat Hanh invites us to imagine a pebble thrown into a river. And as it sinks through the water effortlessly, detached from everything, it finally reaches the bottom, the point of perfect rest. We must be that people, letting go of our anger so that we can land at perfect rest. As you feel your stone, find those places of rest in the stone. And as you encounter them, Reflect on where you're holding on to anger, resentment, hatred, fear, and bitterness. Let these each find a place of rest in your stone. Reflect on the people in your life who have harmed you knowing there is still a decision on whether you will be in relationship with them or even consider reconciling. I invite you to let the emotions you're holding on about the harm to find a resting place in your stone. Bring to mind the people in your life you have harmed. 
and knowing there is still repair work to do, find a place of rest for the guilt or the shame you carry about the harm in your stone. Think of those times when you have been angry with yourself and held on to shame or bitterness for what you should have done, what you could have done. Listen to your own heart and find the places you can let go of them. Let them find a place of rest in your stone. Let each of these places where forgiveness is possible find a resting place in the stone in your hand. Let them lift from your heart, your soul, and your spirit to reside in a piece of the earth. Feel the weight of them and the weight of the stone and no longer on your person. And as this weight settles into the stone, let your heart break open to receive the healing that comes with forgiveness. This bowl symbolizes our sacred space, a space where we can share one of the true human conditions, the need to forgive and be forgiven. As you feel moved to do so, and when you are ready to let go, I will invite you forward to place your stone in the bowl. And as you feel your burden lifted, I invite you to say, I let go and begin again in love. If you're not ready to let go of the stone, or if you're home and watching online, I invite you to listen to your heart and spirit to determine when it is time to find a place of rest. Then find that place. It might be your garden, a place in the woods, by the water, or anywhere that speaks to you, and let it rest. If you need someone to gather your stone for you, then please indicate by raising your hand and Daniel will collect it for you. I invite you now to come forward if you are ready to place your stone in the bowl and say, I let go and begin again in love.
Rebecca Parker reminds us, even when our hearts are broken by our own failure or the failure of others cutting into our lives, even when we have done all we can and life is still broken, there is a universal love that has never broken faith with us and never will. After the service today, I will bless these rocks with water from our water communion and place the stones outside in our garden where they will find a perfect place of rest in the care of our community. I invite you into a closing prayer. Spirit of love, this morning we pray for forgiveness that we may learn to forgive others and accept their forgiveness of us. We pray for forgiveness of our own actions. Help us let go of fears so we can move on, opening our hearts to one another. 
We pray for empowerment that we may learn to love more fully. We give thanks for the blessings of love in our lives and for the chance we have to love again and begin again. May we feel the love inside us, connecting with the love in each other, and the universal love that holds us all. Amen. Please rise and body your spirit to sing our closing song, number 179, Words That We Hold Tight. And Mark has some direction for us, right, Mark? Actually, you just heard us sing it. So uh, the tune is in your ear. So join us as we sing together hymn 179. And we'll be asking Jonathan to help us through with the drum. So here we go. Words that we hold tight won't let us go. remind us we are fragile and flawed humans who commit offenses against others when we do these things we are not monsters we are human beings who have become separated from our own goodness may we each find time to follow the path of forgiveness and remember our own goodness and the goodness in others Love be with you today and always.